Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. know you. You say, who's they? It doesn't really matter who they is because we've got an opportunity every time that we go about. And I, um, I realize that we're in the middle of Pastor Cox's teaching a series on becoming a connect point. And while I'm not necessarily trying to interweave with that, we are, uh, we have the ability to be a connect point, not just our homes, but us as an individual. If we are the church, right? If we are the body of Christ, we are the church, not the walls, we are the church, then everywhere that we go, we have an opportunity to be a connect point. We have an opportunity to connect somebody else to Jesus Christ, and we are the connection that they get to see on a day-in and day-out basis. So the question is, are we taking advantage of that, or are we dropping the ball? How will they know you? How will they know you? Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 16 through 20, it says, You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorn or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. So by our fruits, by what we bear forth, by what we bring forth, that's how we're known. That's who we are. So um, our words can tell one story, but our actions tell who we are, right? Um, Has anybody ever committed to something before and then not followed all the way through with that? My hand's up pretty high. Anybody ever committed to something and not followed all the way through? Now, I'm not here to uh, make us all feel bad about ourselves, but... If we've done that before, we've shown ourselves that our words don't necessarily bear forth the whole truth of who we are, right? Because whether we did it intentionally or whether time just got the best of us or whether uh, life just kind of got in the way and all of a sudden it was past the day that we realized we were supposed to do the thing that we didn't get done, whoops, I've been there, I've been there a lot of times, Uh, or scrambling at the last minute to get it done. See, we can say things with our words, but our actions really testify to who we are. And so he tells us this, and he gives us the parable of this tree. And the tree, he says, a good tree can't bring forth bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bring forth good fruit. And um, I was about to chase a rabbit. I'm not going to chase the rabbit. I'll try and stay on track tonight. Jesus, help us. We'll stay on track tonight. So Jesus said that we will be known by our fruit. So that is to say that our actions tell who we are. So it's important to know that Jesus doesn't address, like I said, he doesn't address what people say, but rather what they do. We can trick or we can fool or we can manipulate other people with our words, but our actions don't lie. Right? Our actions don't lie. So Jesus first presents this idea of being known by your fruit in Matthew chapter 7, but then Paul presents it again to us in Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5, um, verses 19 through 25, it says this, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. 
of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the afflictions and lusts. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. In other words, be who you say you are. Let your actions speak volumes. And when our actions are speaking volumes about who we say we are, it's more than our words, and so our speech is made more, uh, more prevalent, more vocal, because we're testifying who we are, not just by saying this is who I am or, or this is what I do, but because our actions back it up. Actions speak louder than words, right? All the time, actions speak louder than words. And if you ever went through um, the truth class, we broke this uh, basically same lesson down in a few different ways. And so a lot of this you'll have heard before and kind of get a chance to refresh. And if you haven't, then you get a glimpse in on uh, what some of the lessons look like during the truth class. But so we're looking at how will people know us. And then Galatians chapter 5, Paul tells us, and he gives a list of what the works of the flesh look like, right? And then he gives a list of what the fruit of the Spirit looks like. And so he says, basically, you're able to be one or the other. And he doesn't use those words there, but that's fine, because who's he reflecting his teaching after? It's not a trick question. Yes, Jesus. Jesus presented the idea in Matthew chapter 7, and he said, you can either be of the Spirit or you can be of the flesh. But you can't be both. You can either be good or you can be evil, but you can't be both. And so Paul doesn't even have to break it down that far and use the extra words because he's reiterating the teachings of Jesus saying that you can either operate in the works of the flesh or you can operate in the fruit of the Spirit. And so we're going to break down a little bit of this tonight and see what this looks like. So the Bible clearly outlines to us what the works of the flesh look like. Galatians 5, 19 through 21, I'll read through those again. It says, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the such like. Basically, he's outlining politics. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So this list, uh, it's fairly comprehensive, right? It, it says a lot of things. It says a lot of words. But uh, raise your hand if you feel like you could define every single one of the words that we just read. Mark's brave back there. I think you just heard me say raise his hand, and he threw his hand up there. I didn't... He was halfway paying it. That's all right. I love Brother Kermis. So we're going to break down just uh, for a minute here. I'm going to go through, and not in great detail, but I'm going to talk about a little bit of these words so that we understand what we're actually reading here. So adultery, we, we realize what adultery is. That's still a common word that we hear today. This is simply a married person who has sexual relations with someone other than their spouse. Then fornication, which is any type of sexual immorality, including all forms of illicit sexual relations. There's uncleanness, which is moral impurity of any kind, thought, speech, or action. Lasciviousness, that's one of the ones that, huh? Lasciviousness is just open, shameless displays, uh, open, shameless displays of sexual sins or lustful behavior. And I'm reading through these. It's okay still to call sin, sin, right? Sin is still sin. 
We still have a God. We talked a a couple weeks ago about absolute truth of who Jesus Christ is. And if there's an absolute right, then that means that there's an absolute wrong. And it's still okay to call sin, sin. And it's still okay to live a life that shines a light to other people, okay? All right, I'm glad two people agree with me. We should be able to preach to those two. We need to loosen up tonight. Or not. Okay, we'll stay tight. That's all right. That's all right. All right, um, so let's see idolatry. Idolatry, this is something or someone you love and honor more than God. It doesn't mean you have to make a God. It's just anything that you put before him. Something, someone that you love or value more than God. Witchcraft is kind of what it sounds like. Sorcery entering into the realm of dealing with evil spirits. Hatred. Hatred is an intense feeling of anger or hostility towards someone. This isn't like, I hate mustard. This is like hatred. Like, you hate your brother. You hate your sister. You hate someone of a a different belief. You hate someone of a different race. You hate someone of a different creed. This is hatred. It's not like the things that we just don't like and we say we hate. Two words that we overuse a lot and kind of distort the meaning of love and hate, right? Those are still very strong words. Those are still very powerful words. We've watered them down, but that doesn't mean any less that their meaning has been taken away. Hate is a strong word. Um, Continuing down the list, there's variance. Variance, this is acts of hatred. So you've got that hate, and then you act upon the hate. Today, we would call those hate crimes, right? Hate crimes, this is a variance. Emulations. Emulations is... uh, It's kind of like what it sounds like at the root of it, to emulate someone or to want to be like someone, but this is to a point of jealousy where it crosses a line of just uh, flattery and respect, and it becomes something that consumes who you are, and you try to emulate someone else or become someone else or be something different, a distortion of who you are as a person, emulations. Wrath, wrath is outbursts of temper or attitude. Strife, this is constant fighting, arguing, bickering. Someone's always got to stir the pot, always got to be the center of controversy, always got to have some sort of problem going on or they don't feel right. That's what strife is. Seditions. Seditions are like um, incitement or discontent. uh, uh, I'm sorry, incitement of discontent or rebellion against a government. Turn on the news. You'll see what seditions are. You'll see what seditions are. Um, heresies, this is any types of, of false teaching or distorting of the gospel. Um, envyings, an evil desire to possess what belongs to someone else. Murder is the destruction of human life. Drunkenness is intoxication with strong drink. And revelings are like wild parties, raves, uh, things of that nature. So Paul ends the list. He gets us through this whole list. And he says, uh, it's all these things, X, Y, Z, and such like just to ensure that we don't get the idea that this is the only thing that God thinks is sin. Just to get the idea that this is not the sole definition of everything bad in the world. And if what I'm doing, I can sneak between the lines of a couple of these, then maybe I'm okay and I'm, I'm just fine. No, he says it's all these things and the such like. In other words, he says, I'm not going to waste pen and paper to write down every possible thing that you could ever do wrong. I'm not going to try and look uh, 2,000 years into the future and see what uh, mistakes and what um, pitfalls arise and all these different things, which amazingly enough, even with all the developments in technology and all the different ways that we can um, 
all the different ways that humanity can act out or uh, express these same works of the flesh, it might be done in different ways, but at the end of the day, we can boil it down and say, it's the works of the flesh. It's sin. Sin is still sin. No matter how you slice it, no matter how you dice it, no matter how you commit it, sin is still sin. And so when we have that sin in our lives, that is the works of the flesh, so he counters, though, and, and this is one of the amazing things about Scripture. If you don't, um, if you don't already know this, I'm going to shed a little bit of light here. There's not many times, if any times, you'll find in Scripture that uh, God tells us, don't do this, but then never gives us the other side of the equation. He doesn't just say, this road's closed, find a different way. But no, he says, don't do it this way, and then he flips the coin and says, instead, do it this way. So instead of Paul just saying, and Jesus saying, instead of Paul just saying, don't do drunkenness, revelings, idolatry, murder, variance, hatred, emulation, strife, seditions, don't do all these things and then figure it out on your own, in the same passage, literally following that up, he says, this is the work of the flesh, and then the very next scripture, verse 22, chapter 5 and verse 22, it says, this is the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. So he gives us the list of things that we should try and avoid because they're the works of the flesh, because they're sin. But what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about how will they know you? So if my actions are the works of the flesh, if my actions are all of these things that don't reflect Jesus Christ, then we can turn the page turn the pages back a little bit to Matthew chapter 7 and look at Jesus' teaching and say, am I a tree that's bringing forth good fruit or evil fruit? Because I can't do both. I can't do both. You've probably heard the analogy many times. You can't plant a tomato plant and expect to have apples come off of it. It doesn't really work that way. You, you can't plant a cherry tree and all of a sudden you're harvesting grapes. That's not how it works. So I can't, to say all those, to say this, I can't sow seeds of sin constantly and then expect to bring forth this beautiful tree of life and goodness and, and the fruit of the Spirit when all the seeds that I'm planting are sin and wickedness and works of the flesh. That's just not how it works. And we understand that from a practical standpoint. Everybody is, yeah, absolutely, that makes sense. That makes sense. You're not going to plant apples and, and reap oranges. Nope, never do it. And farmers would agree with you, botanists would agree with you, everybody would agree with you to that point. Nobody's going to argue with that. But then when we flip over a couple uh, pages in the Bible, same book, and we say, you can't operate in the works of the flesh and then say, I'm bringing forth the fruit of the Spirit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now you're, now you're questioning, now you're making me think. Now you're making me do some self-evaluation, and I hate self-evaluation because then I have to admit sometimes that I make mistakes, and sometimes I'm wrong. It's the same exact concept. We can't say that we're one thing, but then portray to be something different and just rely solely on our words. So wrap it all up, bring it together. I can't say that I'm being a connect point of Jesus Christ and I'm connecting people to him when I'm acting just like the world. Because then what am I connecting them to? Then I'm becoming a connect point. I'm always a connect point. I'm connecting people from one thing to another thing, literally all the time. No matter what I'm doing, I'm connecting people to something. Sometimes, let's uh, just break down life a little bit. 
At work, I'm connecting people to a solution for issues with their vehicles. That's what I'm doing. I'm connecting them there. If you uh, are a banker, you're connecting people to their finances in some way, shape, or form. And we can go down the list. If you're Mark, you're connecting people back to their power, right? Awesome. So we're always connecting people to something. But if this whole world was just about what our vocation is and how we get through a day, then we wouldn't have any reason to be here tonight We wouldn't have any reason to look into the word of God. We wouldn't have any reason to see all those things. So we have to take it a step beyond that. And we have to say, okay, that's the reality of it. That's the physical nature of who I am and what I do on a day-to-day basis. But what happens with the spiritual side of it? What am I connecting people to? When you smile and say, God bless, what are you connecting people to? God. When you sneer and say, I hate that guy, what are you connecting people to? Hey, it's, it's not good. Right. And so we're connecting people to something every single day, no matter what we're doing. So we want to make sure how will they know you? What are you connecting them to? Are we becoming a connect point? And if so, what are we connecting them to? So if I want to connect them to the works of the flesh, I've got a whole list, and now we have definitions to go with that list. I've got a whole list of ways that I can connect people to the works of the flesh. But you know what? There's a whole world that's doing that already. So if we want to show something different, if we want to show the love of Jesus Christ, if we want to share the light, if we want to be a connect point for something different, if we want to offer people a life that's changed, a life and life more abundantly, if we want to point somebody to Jesus Christ, then I have to be intentional about making sure that my actions reflect him and that my words reflect him and that who I am, the fruit that I bear forth, the connections that I'm making reflect Jesus Christ. Amen. And so uh, he, he tells us the list, the, the works of the flesh, and then he says the fruit of the Spirit. We read that, uh, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So I think it's only fair, since we broke down some of the words about what the works of the flesh look like, let's break down some of the words about what the fruit of the Spirit looks like. That seems fair, right? Well, it seems fair to me, so I'm doing it. So we'll look first at love. Love A lot of different definitions, right? And we could do a whole study on the different words for love that you find in the Bible, and it's awesome and it's incredible, but that's not what I'm doing tonight. Love, this this type of love that we're talking about is a fruit of the Spirit. This is an intense desire to please God and to do good to our fellow man without expecting anything in return. There's a lot of people that don't have a problem doing good for someone else, as long as there's something on the backside for them, right? You scratch your back, uh, I'll scratch mine. Or how? I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. It's just the words aren't formulating the right way. So um, if I do this favor for you, then you have to do this for me. Give and take. If I make uh, this donation, then I'm getting this tax rebate. Ooh, whoops. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> All right, never mind. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 7 gives us a picture of the type of love we're talking about. And this is a very familiar passage, so I'll just read through it quickly. It says, Oh, I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity or love. I'm become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, 
charity, it profits me nothing. Charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envies not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeks not her own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's the type of love we're talking about. And I promise you, I didn't even have this in my notes. It's literally just kind of spoke in my mind as I'm reading through this. As we're reading through some of these, this love, which is the fruit of the Spirit that we're looking at, and love is the first thing on the list, how many of those things directly parallel either another fruit of the Spirit or the opposite of one of the works of the flesh? Look at those. It says... um, Charity suffers long, long-suffering, right? Is kind, that's uh, meekness, kindness, gentleness, right? Um, envies not, that was one of the works of the flesh. Vaunts not itself, not boastful, not prideful, is not puffed up, doesn't behave itself unseemly, drunkenness, revelings, murders, envyings, heresies, right? <laughs> Seeks not her own, is not easily provoked, wrath, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, and then bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. This love, if we just even, just the very first word out of his mouth when we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, if we encapsulate this, then the rest of it kind of just falls into place naturally. If we encapsulate the love of Jesus Christ, then I promise you, a lot of the things that we worry about and struggle with kind of dissipate and fall away. It becomes a lot easier when we get that one down. But we'll break down the others. We've got uh, joy. So love, joy. Joy is the real inner happiness that only comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 says, Whom having not seen you love, in whom though ye see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Anybody thank God that they've experienced joy unspeakable and full of glory? <laughs> Praise God. And then peace. Peace is a freedom of distraction or strife, a confidence that with God, everything will be okay. Peace. It's, it's, it's like a novel word in, in 2020. And uh, I'm going to rant for just a second on 2020, but not in the way you think. Because how many people have scrolled through your Facebook feed and you've seen uh, something terrible happen, so, uh, 2020. I hate 2020. Sometimes I stub my toe, 2020. I wreck my car, ah, 2020. Has nothing to do with what year it is. You just, but anything bad, we just attribute, uh, attribute it to 2020 and throw it at 2020. But I'm gonna take about three minutes here and just testify of the goodness of God that's happened in 2020, okay? Is that all right? Because I don't think that we have to be encapsulated by the negativity of an entire year, but I think we can still give God some glory because as pastor told us on Sunday, we've had 13 people filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost within the last month at this church. That's 2020. We've had people baptized in Jesus' name at this place for the remission of their sins and had their sins washed away. That's what 2020 looks like to me. We've come back, we've opened the doors and we've had people, we've had first-time guests and visitors come into this place and connected them to Jesus Christ. That's what 2020 looks like to me. 
And in my own personal life, I've got testimony after testimony. I know it's not November, and I know it's not Thanksgiving, but I'm still going to shout God's praises. Because 2020, I could look at COVID and say, oh, well, COVID happened, and then uh, the gym got shut down, and I got fat. Those things happened, okay? I lost a job because of corona. 2020, oh, let's just kick it to the curb. It's garbage. But can I tell somebody about the goodness of Jesus Christ? Sure, I lost my job because of COVID-19, but the Lord blessed and made a way that I could spend a month and a half, two months with a newborn baby that otherwise I wouldn't get to. That's the goodness of God. So I can look at 2020 with a positive reflection. And then I got a phone call out of the blue. A man that I used to work for a while back says, hey, what are you doing? I said, Nothing. I just got laid off. So basically, I'm just kind of golfing and fishing and, and hanging out. And he said, well, I'd like to offer you a job, a job that was about $10,000 more a year than I was already making from the job I got fired or laid off from. <laughs> Praise God. That's what 2020 looks like to me. And then I was able to sell my home at, at a price that just blows my mind and move into a new home that I feel like God has blessed us with. That's what 2020 looks like to me, a growing family, a healthy baby boy, a life that I would not trade for anything right now. 2020, I could choose a lot of negative things to say, and I could choose a lot of things to just hate, uh, hate about and write off the entire year and say, oh, 2020, chuck it out the window. But God's not through moving just because coronavirus came to the United States. God's not through working in your life because maybe you got laid off. God's not through working in your life because we had to sit on our couch and watch church for a couple of months. God's not through trying to make us connect points just because everything else is shutting down. But rather, I'd say he's preparing us for fight. He's preparing us to go to war. He's preparing us for an end time revival, the likes of which we've never seen. That's what 2020 looks like to me. Rant over, but I'm... <laughs> I'm kind of sick of everything being blamed on 2020 because God's still doing amazing things. Amen? Praise God. So peace. Through it all, we can still have peace. A lot of that comes down to what we choose to focus on and what we choose to prioritize, okay? But we can still have peace despite whatever turmoil is going on out there. Think of it just like this building right now. We all walked or drove through and then walked through the insane wind that's going on right outside in the parking lot, right? But we stepped into this house, and I'm not over-spiritualizing four walls here, but we stepped into a place that shuts all of that out, and we got peace from the wind. And while I'm not going to uh, over-spiritualize these four walls in this room, I'm going to tell you that when we walk into Jesus Christ spiritually, figuratively, when we walk into the safe house, right, the sanctuary, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. When we step into Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what happens outside because there's peace here. There's rest here. Praise God. That's a valuable thing that we, we can't even overstate what it means to have the peace of Jesus Christ, especially in this day and age. John chapter 14, verse 7, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And then Philippians 4, 7. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God passes all understanding doesn't make any sense why I should be able to walk out these doors and hold my head high and not worry what tomorrow brings if I'm walking by sight. But we walk by faith. 
and we've got a peace that passes all understanding, that passes all circumstance, that passes all situation, that passes uh, all global pandemic. We've got a peace that passes all understanding. Praise God. Long-suffering, patience with other people as well as situations we find ourselves in. Uh, 1 Timothy 1.16, How be it for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long-suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Long-suffering. This doesn't mean we come to God and so now our life has just become misery and pain and suffering. No, long-suffering is, is a, a, a patience, a calmness in situations. And I agree with this all the time, except when I'm behind somebody that can't drive. In which case, I don't feel like I should have to have long-suffering. I'm dealing with the Lord about it. We're talking. We're trying to figure things out. But long-suffering is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness. Gentleness is courtesy in our dealings with others, our manners, our graciousness, our gratitude, our respect, gentleness. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. Then we look at goodness. Goodness is just like it sounds. Being a good person. A desire to help other people. Just being good. Just being a good person. Galatians 6.10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Then we have faith. This isn't specifically just like my faith, like uh, I've never doubted the Lord ever for one second and I've never had any seed of doubt. This faith is transcendent upon that. This is more talking about our faithfulness, our loyalty, our dependability, uh, things like that. Revelation chapter 17 and verse 14 says it this way. These shall make war with the Lamb and the Lamb shall overcome them for he is the Lord of hosts and King of kings and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful faithful. Just be faithful. It's amazing what happens when you just keep showing up to the house of God. When you just keep praying that prayer that you've been praying for a long time. You don't give up. You don't quit. You just keep on doing it. You just keep on coming. You just keep on witnessing. You just keep on talking about the goodness of God. You just keep on believing in him. You just keep on trusting in him. You just keep on reading his word. You just keep on going to him in prayer. You just keep on showing up. And amazing things happen just because we're faithful. Amen? Praise God. It's amazing because we could do like an entire lesson on each one of these things, uh, and I'm trying not to. Um, meekness. Meekness is strength and power, but under control. So a meek person won't seek vengeance. Um, meekness doesn't mean that we're, meekness is not weakness, if I can say it that way. Meekness is not weakness. It's strength and it's power, but it's under control. It's harnessed. It's uh, used effectively and not just uh, cast aside and not just um, let off the leash at, at any drop of a hat. Meekness, strength and power under control. Titus chapter 3 and verse 2 says, To speak evil of no man, to be not brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Proverbs 15.1, A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The, how we respond to a situation really dictates how the situation plays out. If somebody cuts you off, (laughs) 
you've got choices, right? One of those choices is to floor it and get on their tail and lay on the horn and prove a point that they don't know what they're doing and that you're the better driver. That's one option. Uh, You could also shout and scream and yell, which, as my wife tells me, they can't hear you. I know, but it makes me feel better. Uh, In case they do, maybe they'll learn. You know, I I don't know. Um, But a soft answer turns away wrath. But it's those grievous, those angry words that stir up the anger. Negative things happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to tell you something here. You, you probably don't realize this, and I'm probably the only one that knows it, but I want to share this wisdom with you. Um, people are stupid. <laughs> Sometimes people are stupid. And as a result, people do stupid things. And sometimes we become the victims of other people's stupidity. And since I'm already in it, I'll go ahead and say it. Sometimes in church, people are stupid and people do stupid things. And sometimes we fall victim to other people's stupidity. And we've got a choice to make. We can move our things to the other side of the church and commit to never speak to them again. We can uh, tell everybody else we know about how um, unintelligent this individual is and about the choices that they make and about how nobody else should like them because of what they did to us and how they inconvenienced us. Another choice we could do is we could just quit coming to church altogether because that person at church made me mad. Newsflash, church isn't about your relationship with someone else but about our relationship with God. There's a lot of this stuff that happens, and there's a lot of this stuff that can tend to try and distract us from what God is calling us to and where he wants us to be and a spirit of unity that he desires and commands for his people. Yeah? But too often we let this stuff interfere with this stuff. If we get more with the vertical than the horizontal kind of works itself out. If we get more worried about my relationship with God and if I respond in this way, it affects my relationship, not only here, but it starts to affect my relationship here. There's a whole nother lesson there, and I gotta, I gotta rein it in. A soft answer turns away wrath. I've said it a thousand times, and I'll probably say it a thousand more before I die. What we're doing here, we are trying our very best to serve God, Yes? We are trying to serve a perfect God, but we're serving a perfect God with imperfect people. We're serving a perfect God with imperfect people. And the sooner that you realize that, the sooner you work out a lot of problems that don't even have to be problems. There's a lot of problems that don't even have to be problems if we just realize that I'm trying to serve the perfect God and sure, the person next to me might not be perfect. Amen? Amen. We'll preach that whole message another time. We've still got to talk about temperance. Temperance is self-control. Be a mild-mannered and restrained saint by the grace of God. Oh, Lord, help me to be that person. A mild-mannered and restrained saint by the grace of God. This is what temperance looks like. 1 Corinthians 9.25, And every man that strives for the mastery 
is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. And so Paul follows up this discussion by showing us the importance of our choices and the importance of our choice of lifestyle. Galatians chapter 5, the very next scriptures, 24 and 26. It says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the afflictions and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. So I want to just kind of wrap this all up, put a pretty bow on it. And in order to do that, I feel a definite necessity to both change my title and change the slide. We're going to talk a little bit about the smoothie of the Spirit. The smoothie of the Spirit. And why are we going to talk about the smoothie of the Spirit? The reason we're going to talk about a smoothie of the Spirit is because we look at Galatians and we see what Paul outlines as the works of the flesh, and he begins to separate them and segregate them. In other words, I can fall into one category, but not the other, but I'm still operating in the works of the flesh. But then we look at what Paul says, and he talks to us about the fruit of the Spirit. No S which means we've got work to do because I don't get to pick and choose which one of these different fruits of the Spirit that I want to be. Oh, I've got goodness. I'm, I'm a pretty good person. I'm nice to people. What about that long-suffering part? What about the meekness part? What about the temperance part? Well, I got to work on those a little bit, but I got the other ones. It's not how it works. That's not how it works. That's trying to get an orange from an apple tree. That's not how it works. When we've got this fruit of the Spirit, we operate in all of them together. So right here in this blender, you can see there's a blueberry, there's a strawberry, uh, is that cantaloupe? I have pineapple, but I feel like there's some orange involved right above the pineapple. It's questionable. I'm an excellent smoothie maker. A little tidbit about me. I'm very good at making smoothies. Ask my children. Uh, I'm the best. And... um, I've got a pretty good concoction that I, I like to do. It's, um, there's blueberry, there's strawberry, there's raspberry, blackberry, so you got the four main berries. Uh, it's very, very good. Um, thank you. I'll be, I'll be here all week. Uh, you throw in a banana. You throw in a little bit of orange juice, a splash of orange juice, some vanilla, some milk, and a dash of syrup. You know, what syrup? Ugh. Oh, it's natural sweetener. It's delicious. Mixes well with the fruit. Tastes amazing. Uh, if you don't believe me, we'll have to try it sometime. I fully intended to make a smoothie for you all here tonight. But you remember that thing about uh, time commitments and saying you were going to do one thing? And Yeah, I told myself I was going to do that, but then I ran out of time. Um, and it didn't happen. So we're going to talk about it, and we'll look at a picture of it and pretend that it's delicious. Um, that wouldn't be at the top of my list. You don't put cantaloupe in a smoothie. Um, I don't know why the Lord made cantaloupe. There's lots of other good fruits. We could deal without that one. Uh, But anyways, the word identifies to us the works of the flesh, right? And there are many and they're varied and they are plain and simple. They're still sin. But the word of God declares sin, right, to still be sin. We don't really see God differentiate, though, between different types of sin. We do that. We differentiate between sin. God doesn't. The book of Romans tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. David said, behold, I was shaped in, sin, uh, in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. Yes? Sin is sin. 
The Lord died on the cross and shed his blood for the forgiveness of sin. So he didn't just say, oh, well, I'm going to shed my blood and forgive uh, lying, but I'm not going to forgive um, drunkenness. He didn't say, oh, I'll forgive, uh, I'll forgive um, hypocrisy, but I won't forgive immorality. We're the ones that do that, right? We're really good at deciding what God can and can't forgive. Just ask us. We'll tell you. Because when I make the mistake, oh, God can forgive. I can repent. I can go to the altar, and, and I'll repent of my sins, and, and God will fix that mistake. But when uh, brother and sister so-and-so across the way make the mistake, whoo! How she even show her face in church? See, we're good at deciding what sin is forgivable and what sin isn't. But God doesn't make that distinction. God says that sin is sin. And he says that my blood was shed for the remission of sin. And he says that I can remove that sin as far as the east is from the west. So, I mean, if I, if, if I had to pick, I want to choose God's definition. Because while most of the time I might make sure that my sins all fall into this category, if I ever cross the line, I just know I'm going to need grace too. I'm going to need the mercy of God too. So God doesn't differentiate the sin we do that. But just like God doesn't differentiate the sin, he also doesn't differentiate the fruit of the Spirit. He says, if you're full of the Spirit, then what would we bring forth? The fruit of the Spirit. Now, if I'm... <laughs> I want to shake somebody's faith a little bit here tonight, and you'll just have to trust me and believe me and bear with me, and I've got about like 12 minutes to clear it all up, so we'll figure out what happens. Now, there's being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, we've experienced that. Raise your hand if we've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, it's a lot of the room here tonight. We've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, there's a difference in being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and being full of the Holy Ghost. I don't care if you say amen or not, it's true. <laughs> there's a difference. I could, this water bottle has some water in it, but it's not full which means there's room for other things to get in, yes? So there's a little bit of spirit in here, but it's not full of the spirit. Matter of fact, if life happens, I lose a little bit more of my spirit. Anybody else? Sometimes, whoo, that tested my Holy Ghost. I tried my Holy Ghost. I almost lost my Holy Ghost over that one. Anybody ever said that? Anybody ever thought that? Okay, the people that said, no, you're not telling the truth, and now you lost some. Um, there's a difference in being filled once and having the Holy Ghost and being full of the Holy Ghost, being full of the Spirit. If I'm full of the Spirit, then there's not room for anything else in there. And we can nod along, and it sounds cute, but that's, there's so much packed up into that statement that if we could just grasp it and understand it, it solves a lot of problems. Because if I can make sure that I'm staying so connected with God that my heart is literally, legitimately full of the Holy Ghost, there's not room for all of the other garbage. Right? Go back to the relationship thing we're talking about. If I'm full of the Spirit, then this is my focus. And what happens when I'm focused this way? This is a lot of just kind of gray area. 
And I'm not saying we walk around with our nose in the air and we ignore everybody else. But when my focus, my main focus is with Jesus Christ and making sure we're right here, then all the kind of side stuff, the ancillary stuff, it doesn't bother me as much. When I can stay full of the Spirit, then I'm able to operate in the fruit of the Spirit because all of these good things come out of me. Why? Because there's not any room for any negativity. There's not any room for any backbiting. There's not any room for any lying. There's not any room for any hate. There's not any room for any fear. There's not any room for anything other than the goodness of God when I remain full of the Holy Ghost. Is it easy? No, because we've got distractions. But that's the challenge, and that's the promise, right? That's the promise, is that we have that opportunity. There is that attainable thing that I can live a life that is full of the Holy Ghost to the point that I don't have to worry about doing the wrong thing because I'm so focused on doing the right one. Yeah? Amen. So, we wrap all these things up together, and we don't have these separate fruits, the, the love of the blueberry and the joy, the strawberry, the peace, the raspberry, the long-suffering blackberry, and the gentleness banana. We don't have those separated. We push the button, right? Frozen fruit. I have used frozen fruit, so it makes extra noises. Uh, and sometimes you put ice in there just to make sure it's cold and delicious. And it makes noise, right? It grinds it all up, but then what do you have? You pour it out, and you pour it in a cup, and you're like, oh, actually, I forgot to tell you, I don't actually like raspberries, so can you take that out? Uh, no. But yet, we look at this list, the fruit of the Spirit, we look at the list and say, I'm good with love, I'm good with joy, I like to be happy, peace, yeah, that's cool, long-suffering, eh, gentleness, yeah, okay, goodness, whatever, faith, meekness. Meekness and temperance, not so much. Let's push those, let's take those out of the equation and then I'll be okay and I can operate as me and just do my own thing. It doesn't work that way. I can't pull out those meekness and temperance, just so you know, those are the, the vanilla and the milk. I can't take those out. I can't take those things out of the equation after I've already mixed it together and brought forth the fruit smoothie or the fruit of the spirit. Once I bring forth the fruit of the Spirit, it's not about picking and choosing which items I want and don't want and think I can get by with and think I can do okay with and the other ones that are just so hard I'm not even going to try. It's not about that. It's like I said when we talked about love. When we conquer that one, the rest of it just kind of falls into place. When we, when we conquer this relationship, the vertical relationship with Jesus Christ, the rest of it kind of falls into place because we become full of the Holy Ghost and we bring forth good fruit. We're a good tree bringing forth good fruit. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand. Praise God. Thank you all so much for, for your attentiveness. Thank you for being here together tonight. Thank you for bearing with me. Um, and it really, it just, just issuing as a challenge, who, yeah, who are people going to say that you are? How do they know you? Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.